From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, we look at news media and whether high school social studies teachers perceive news sources differently based on their political or personal ideologies. So the question was pretty straightforward, like, what do you think makes a news source credible? And as we started to analyze participants' response to that question, it became pretty clear that there was not a unified definition of that. We welcome Northeastern State University's Christopher Clark and the University of Georgia's Marty Schmeichel, co-authors of a new study of more than 1,000 social studies teachers across six states, which sought to examine how political leanings and perceptions of journalism itself can change their opinions of news source credibility. In our study, really the only news source that conservatives, especially very conservative folks, rated as above average in terms of its credibility was Fox News. Whereas liberals, on the other hand, seem to view most news sources as credible. They join us to discuss their findings and some important implications for education practice and future research. By understanding journalism as a process, and as a field that has ethical standards and norms of enactment, we may be able to lessen our reliance on ideology to come to a conclusion about whether or not something is credible. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Muller, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Christopher Clark, Assistant Professor at Northeastern State University. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Great to be here. And also with Marty Schmeichel, Associate Professor with the Mary Frances Early College of Education at the University of Georgia. Thanks so much for joining us, Marty. Thanks for having us. So today we're going to be discussing your new study, which was co-authored with the University of Georgia's James Garrett, titled Social Studies Teacher Perceptions of News Source Credibility. It was just published in Educational Researcher, and it examines how secondary social studies teachers define the credibility of news sources and how factors like ideology and even political views can influence their use of news media in the classroom. To start, could you tell us what drew us to this line of inquiry? Um, Why did you feel that this was an important area of study? So I think the origins of this study go back to the winter break of 2016 after the presidential election and kind of some soul searching that the other faculty in the social studies education program at the University of Georgia and I were doing about how we should respond to what just happened. And in particular, the misuse of media and disinformation as a tool, as a political tool, and kind of looking at our our existing social studies education program and thinking about kind of the absence of attention to that uh, as a topic in the way that we were preparing social studies teachers. So in the fall of 2017, we decided to systematically integrate critical news media literacy into our teacher education program. And it was not very long into that first semester of trying to address these topics in social studies when it became really apparent to us that the faculty's perceptions of news media credibility and and what was credible or not credible were not shared by the college students that, that we were teaching. 
I talk a lot about kind of the first moment of this study came when we were talking about a CNN news story and some of the students in my class kind of stopped me mid-sentence and said, you mean the Communist News Network? And my jaw just dropped. Like I, it had not even occurred to me that there would be the perception that, you know, CNN was, was so biased as to make someone feel comfortable <laughs> even joking about the fact that it was actually the Communist News Network. So we began a research project that semester to kind of explore our attempts to integrate news media literacy into teacher education. And we kind of kept going around and around with trying to make sense of how our attempts to teach news media literacy were being impacted by the students' perceptions of whether or not mainstream news was credible or not. They kept giving us multiple indications that, that they didn't think that it was. And we were thrown off by that. So in one of these meetings, which Chris Clark was a um, visiting faculty member at UGA at the time, I think I said out loud, you know, just kind of musing to the research group about what, what do they even think is credible anyway? And Probably two months later, Chris emailed Jim Garrett and myself and said, hey, I've got this survey together about what teachers think is credible or not. And so that's kind of how it all started. And as we sent out the survey and started to get a response from practicing teachers about their perceptions of the news, like it became immediately evident that this was really something that we needed to explore further because they had widely varying perceptions of news media literacy. So we kind of knew that we'd now struck a chord. Chris, were there previous studies in this area that you were hoping to build on? Or did you have specific questions just that just didn't seem to be answered in the literature? A little bit of both. Um, right around the time we were working on this media literacy project with the University of Georgia, the RAND Corporation came out with this report on truth decay that really nicely framed what we were thinking about in terms of both uh, our work with the teacher candidates and uh, the studies we were trying to do on how they develop media literacy and how they learn to teach about media in the classroom. And so um, that report really talked about the factors that are influencing the decline of trust in media, um, particularly it, it integrated the work, uh, work on social media, it integrated political messaging, and a lot of stuff that I had studied um, back when I was doing my doctoral work, when I dabbled in political psychology, uh, there's a lot of elements of motivated reasoning, for example, where people sort of hear what they want to hear and look at what they want to look at rather than exposing themselves to um, any information that might counter what they already believe, or um, just in the ways that different partisans interpret media. And so, yeah, there's a lot of previous studies, uh, but in that vein, there were also, there wasn't really much out there on specifically social studies teachers, which is something that we were sort of surprised about, because generally when we think about social studies teachers, the literature out there says that they really tr strive to be neutral and um, that uh, even though a lot of the research says that, well, it's okay for them to model political thinking by disclosing their political opinions, for example, but there really hadn't been a study as it pertains to how they teach current events or use news media in their classroom 
to even think about, um, you know, maybe they're not as neutral as we thought they were. Because in the broader population, we would, of course, expect that, um, you know, individuals would probably be governed by a lot of this partisanship and motivated reasoning. But we sort of expect a little bit more of teachers. We expect them to be nonpartisan entities or we expect them to have um, sort of a more neutral perspective or at least foster a more neutral perspective, even if they themselves aren't neutral. So when we found these results that there um, really wasn't anything about how they felt about news sources or how they used news sources in the classroom, uh, we thought that was a big gap in the literature that needed to be filled. You know, we expect that teachers won't be political ideologues, that they won't use their um, position as a teacher as a pulpit for a particular political ideology, but perhaps in, in avoiding addressing their their ideology and their political stance, we have not paid nearly as much attention as we should to how their political backgrounds are likely to impact how they approach almost any topic in social studies. And so there really isn't a lot of attention to that in our field. I think that that's shifting in the last decade as the society has become more polarized I think it's only kind of been recently that we are really thinking about social studies teachers as political actors in the sense that it is likely that their ideology is shaping their choices. So this is obviously an imperative issue in our work um, in preparing and supporting social studies teachers. Is And I think we our study really indicates that it's not something that we can avoid talking about. This week's episode of Research Minutes is supported in part by EdChoice. EdChoice is a nonpartisan, nonprofit group committed to researching and teaching people about school choice across America. You can be the first to learn about their new research, cool schools spotlights, and state policy updates by subscribing to their podcast, EdChoice Chats. They post weekly, and most episodes are under 30 minutes, which is great if you're short on time. You can also follow them on social media at EdChoice. Finally, check out their website, edchoice.org, for everything you need to know about educational choice, properly sourced and cited. And now we return to our interview with Chris Clark and Marty Schmeichel. And I'd be curious to know how you approached this study. Could you give us an idea of maybe how many teachers were involved and uh, how you went about gauging their perceptions or their behavior? Sure. So it was a survey study that we drew up a survey and um, we had asked uh, a few state departments of education. I say a few, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 11 or 12. And we got positive responses from six of those states department of education. The um, our goal in choosing states to reach out to was to try and get a mix of red, blue, and purple states with a slight oversampling of red states because one of the, and you know, how much truth that there is to this is a little bit debatable, but uh, generally the perception is that the teaching force tends to be a little bit more liberal than the population in general. So we thought by reaching out to red states, we would try and get more conservative teachers in our sample. And so um, the six states that we reached out to, four of them were red states. One of them would be considered a purple state in the 2016 election, and one was a blue state. 
And uh, so we, we got a pretty good diversity of folks that way. And then we sent them a survey. It was a mixed method survey. They had some short answer questions, but also they were asked to rate the credibility of a number of news sources. And alongside with that, they also identified if they were comfortable doing so their own ideology, which is what allowed us to sort of gauge the distance they perceived between themselves and the news source. Uh, So I call that in the paper ideological distance. It's based on the concept of partisan distance, which uh, a couple researchers, uh, Kelly Wozner and Wozner, came up with this idea of partisan distance, and they used it to uh, predict college course evaluations. Well, it turns out it works out pretty well when predicting uh, teacher evaluations of news sources, this idea of ideological distance. Uh, And then when we ask them these short response questions, we ask them, well, what do you think credibility is? Um, And that was was also one of those moments where we kind of hit on something I think that really was pretty important. Yeah, so the question was pretty straightforward. Like, what do you you think makes a news source credible? And as we started to analyze participants' response to that question, it became pretty clear that First of all, and importantly, there was not a unified definition of that. So our beginning skepticism uh, or suspicion in our own work with teacher candidates certainly proved to be true with working teachers in that we weren't all on the same page about what made something credible. So once we realized that that was very clear from the survey respondents' answers, we tried to make sense of how could we categorize the answers they were giving us. And that also was a surprise in terms of we could really put their answers in one of two categories. Either they thought the credibility was directly related to truth, facts, and an absence of perspective, or at a minimum, you know, a both sides kind of approach to sharing the news. Or what we called journalistic definitions to say what was credible. In that group, teachers said things like fact-checking. Using firsthand sources was another common answer. Um, In-depth analysis. And we saw those answers as substantially different, significantly different than people who said facts. So we, we kind of said, teachers who said facts are kind of imagining one one way that news is or isn't credible versus fact-checking, which was an active process of recognizing that journalists have a role to play in determining what gets into a news story rather than just somehow reporting some static definition of facts. So we characterized those two groups as the first group was a, a static definition in terms of kind of a binary, either a story presented the facts or, or not. The second definition of journalistic techniques we defined as a dynamic definition of credibility in terms of recognizing that reporting the news is a process and it's not, it's, it's more complicated than just a presentation of facts. And the fun thing about that is that when we plugged those definitions into our predictions of how credible each teacher would find a news source, we actually found that the the definition of credibility that they were using was moderating the relationship between their ideology and their perceptions of news source credibility. 
So if you used a static definition of news source credibility, your response was pretty much what we'd expect, where the further away ideologically you perceived yourself from the news source, the less credible you thought it was. Whereas if you were using a dynamic definition of credibility, for most of the news sources, that relationship was substantially lessened or in some case even flattened out where we really didn't see much of a relationship between um, your ideology and your perception of the news source, which we thought was very interesting in terms of things that teachers could actually do. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, I know. Uh, But there's this idea that just simply by reframing credibility from a static definition to a dynamic definition, it actually um, seemed to lessen the impact of ideology and teachers' judgments about news sources. I I definitely thought that that was one of the more um, interesting aspects of the paper. You also report a number of findings relating to um, political ideology, including the fact that Teachers who identified as either very conservative or very liberal could have widely different opinions on the same news sources. Um, So could you walk us through what you learned? Yeah. Slightly before our article came out, Pew Research uh, released a very similar assessment of how the general population views news sources. And our results kind of parallel what they found in in that... um, that generally it seems like conservatives perceive a very narrow range of news sources as credible. In our study, really the only news source that conservatives, especially very conservative folks, rated as above average in terms of its credibility was Fox News. Whereas liberals, on the other hand, seem to view most news sources as credible. If you looked at the very liberal category, Uh, the people who said they were as liberal as could be, they viewed almost every single news source except Fox News as above average in terms of its credibility. You know, as we overall went through, it's a zero to three credibility scale and the average was about 1.5. Well, in that very liberal category, other than Fox News, the lowest response on average was 1.6. You know, so we found that very strange that liberals tend to think that pretty much anything is credible except Fox or these sources that are um, identified as very, tend to be associated with conservative news. Uh, And it's just the reverse where conservatives are, you know, very restrictive about which news sources they tend to trust. So we tried to present the absolutely mainstream (laughs) um, everyday news sources, legacy news sources that, would be the most likely for people to to interact with. So we weren't including sources like HuffPo or BuzzFeed or Breitbart. These were, you know, ABC, CBS, BBC, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal kind of list of sources. As you had already alluded to previously, um, in today's climate, it, it can kind of seem like every news source has or will be called fake news at some point by someone with an opposing ideology. And as we've seen, many teachers, districts, parents, and others are beginning to believe that that students need to learn how to verify sources like these on their own. So given that backdrop, what do you think the implications of your work might be? What do you hope policymakers, practitioners, and other stakeholders might be able to take away from this study? 
Well, I think that our study may contribute to the skepticism about whether or not it is possible to approach determining whether something is credible or not without taking into consideration how your political ideology might be shaping that. So that isn't to say that we can't determine what's credible or not, but what our, what our study, I think, supports is that as we're engaging in that process, we have to be honest with ourselves about how our own political ideology may or may not be shaping how we perceive a media source. So the, the process of determining credibility is not ideology-free, that it's clearly a factor, as, as our study indicates, and uh, obviously the Pew studies and other studies have indicated, ideology is a part of that process. I think that what our study also indicates is that by understanding journalism as a process and um, as a field that has ethical standards and, and norms of enactment, we may be able to lessen our reliance on our ideology to come to a conclusion about whether or not something is credible. And I think that was a really hopeful component of a study that maybe has a lot of bad news in other, in other things that we reported. But if we can teach students about the processes of journalism and help them come to understand that determining whether or not something is credible is more complicated than whether or not we agree with what they're saying, but rather looking at the ethics and rigor of the kind of journalism that was enacted, we, we maybe have a better chance of not relying solely on our political ideology to come to a conclusion about whether or not something is, is credible. So that would be one takeaway. And I'll just echo uh, something Marty said, that it's, it's very hard to have a fact without an interpretation that, you know, especially when we're talking about political, social issues that will be, you know, most likely found in news sources. Immediately when we read a fact, uh, we are also interpreting it to ourselves and teachers aren't any different than the general population in their tendency to do this, nor are journalists for that matter. And so uh, just sort of acknowledging that the people who are both bringing us the news and in our classrooms teaching us how to interpret the news are human and that that entails a certain amount of uh, interpretation when they're teaching and or, um, you know, providing information to the public. That, I think, raises some questions about sort of the nature of civic education and as, as we said at the beginning, how we've kind of failed to account for that as a field and that, you know, does that necessitate differences in the way we approach things? Uh, and as Marty said so wonderfully, that if we teach this more dynamic definition of credibility, maybe it's not as much ideology as we think it is. And if we teach students that, you know, journalists never say they're going to give you all of the truth, they say they're going to get as close as possible using research and fact checking. And, you know, they're, they're looking for a fair presentation of the news based on the available information. They're not necessarily striving to get it 100% correct on the first time, uh, because that would be largely impossible. So I think just having students understand that and having teachers understand that gives us a little bit more freedom to talk about how people are interpreting the news rather than just 
did we get all our facts straight? Did we, you know, were we completely fair? Did we not offend anyone while we did this? Uh, you know, these are the sorts of things that I think can shift the conversation in social studies classroom, classrooms and hopefully maybe even in the general public, just a more, a greater understanding of uh, how news is produced. I think that we were really heartened by teachers who describe credibility in terms of the idea that it's the role of journalists to speak truth to power. And I think looking back at our first attempts to include media literacy in our work with teacher, um, teacher candidates was that it was clear that the group of students we were teaching didn't have that perception about the role of journalism. So again, this, this simplistic idea that somehow they're just supposed to present the truth or facts negates the role of journalism in our society as pointing out when people have lied or misled or obscured facts and information, um, that calling attention to that is not necessarily bias or fake news, but it's actually the role of journalism. And that that's, I think, an, something we saw in this study as well about kind of a rejection of critique as a role of journalism from some of the participants' responses. And I think that, that we found that we think that's an incredibly problematic way to think about about the media, that their only role is to, you know, talk about when something happened and what somebody said without giving any additional context that in a democracy, those of us who are news consumers also need in order to make sense of what's going on in the world around us, even if it's against somebody who we might support politically. So this more sophisticated and complex definition and understanding of what journalists do is something I that is very much needed in our society. But, you know, luckily it's something that we actually can address directly in our work with social studies teachers and in social studies classrooms. So my final question would be, do you think there are opportunities here for future research, um, either for, for you both or for others who were working in this area? Yeah, we have. Um, we're, we're certainly working on uh, other interpretations of this data. So it was a very rich survey, and we've got a couple other pieces coming, hopefully coming out soon, that are currently under review, focusing more on the use of news sources in the classroom, like how often are they using the news sources? You know, what particular news sources are they choosing to include in the classroom? Whereas we focus more on their perceptions of the sources in this piece. And then uh, we're also looking into several follow-up studies to think more about the relationship between uh, the community context in which teachers teach in and how they approach things like current events or controversial issues and how they approach the use of news in their classroom as well. Um, so those are a couple of things we have on the horizon. But in general, I would also say that um, there's a lot of room to explore this issue of how teachers teach both within the context of their own thinking and their own ideology, but also just within the broader political context and social context that we sort of find ourselves in in this political moment. You know, social studies now, I would argue, is probably not the same as social studies 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because it seems like, you know, people will always say, oh, we were polarized before the Civil War. But, you know, I don't see how great that does in terms of helping us navigate the current moment. 
And I think we need a lot of research to give teachers more practical advice about how to navigate the current fraught context of just even teaching in a society where half of the people think you're completely nuts if you use one news source and the other half will think you're completely nuts if you use a different one. Well, this this truly is fascinating work, and I encourage all of our listeners to go and read the full article. Again, it's titled Social Studies Teacher Perceptions of News Source Credibility, and it was recently published in Educational Researcher. Christopher Clark and Marty Schmeichel, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRE Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to the series, you can find us at researchminutes.org. To share your thoughts on today's episode or suggest future topics, you can find us on Twitter at CPRE Hub, at C-P-R-E-H.